a little technical glitch, but uh, Kevin's on the way to rescue the day. He gets his exercise each week, and we're grateful for that. Reformation, it's that time in our history where we recall 500 years ago of Dr. Martin Luther and the struggles he had. He was a he was a brilliant man, but he was a struggling man. He was a man who had a lot of uh, questions because the teaching of the formal church of the day, keep in mind there was only one church at the time. You were in the church or you weren't in the church. That was throughout uh, the civilizations at that time. So he struggled with that because the formal teachings were more in line with you got to do something. So there were relics that you prayed to. Uh, one of the things, uh, Luther became a monk. Uh, he was so concerned about his safety and forgiveness, he would beat himself, literally flagellate himself, take a whip and beat himself till he was unconscious. Uh, just he felt so guilty. And then once he discovered that passage, the one we just read, that it sunk in, that it's not by what he did, it's not by the things that he purchased or who he knew other than knowing Christ. And once that sunk in, it changed everything for the church. And that's why we call it the Reformation. It reformed. It brought back to its original format the church that Jesus established. Because the church, as we just sang, is one foundation. And you notice the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. Yes is the answer, and for that we're grateful. So this morning we're going to pick up some themes uh, about the grace of God. And we're going to be listening to a story that Jesus told, a story about grace. And I want to begin with asking a question. How many of you have been on a diet? Don't have to raise your hand or answer, but I see a lot of hands going up right away. How'd you do? Yeah, we won't go there either. Quite a few of us have. Oh, why'd you do it? Why do you sacrifice eating and drinking and food and beverage, all those things that you really like? Well, it's to achieve a goal, wasn't it? You wanted to perhaps lose some weight, maybe look a little better, feel a little better, be healthier. And as a result of that goal, we can force down those celery sticks and carrot sticks instead of that juicy 20-ounce T-bone steak and sour cream-filled baked potato. Ooh. There's a Reformation dinner that sounds good. At least we can do that for a little while, this diet thing, until we reach our goal. And we can be pretty good at sacrificing for something we really want. But what about making a sacrifice for something or someone else without quite such a visible reward as perhaps trimming down or fit figure? We're probably not quite so willing to to give that thing that is precious to us to a stranger, maybe our special tickets on the 50-yard line at U.S. Bank Stadium for the football game of the season between the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. That's not today. But if it were, we might be willing to give them up for our kids or a loved one or a close friend. Well, in the text selecting for Reformation Sunday today, Jesus tells a story about sacrifice, about giving up something you legally have coming to you, but you voluntarily give up. Why would you do that? Let's take a look at this parable and see if we can find some answers. Jesus tells a story. It's a parable about a guy who owed the king a huge amount of money. 
Okay. He owed a king about 10,000 talents. We go, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, that would be millions of dollars today. Millions of dollars. Well, this guy didn't have the money, whether because of bad investments in the stock market or a slumping housing market or high fuel prices or gambling debt. Whatever the reason may be, he just didn't have the money. So what does he do? Chapter, 20, chapter 18, verse 26 of Matthew, the story goes to say that he went to the king whom he owed the money, and he begged, he begged, please be lenient with me. King said, okay, even better than that, even better than simply giving the guy extra time to pay back the debt, what did the king do? He did an extraordinary thing. He forgave completely the entire millions of dollars worth of debt. Wow! Wow! Well, the story goes on, as Jesus tells it. That same fellow went out and rounded up another guy who owed him some money. It wasn't all that much, a hundred denarii, a few dollars. He demanded payment. Well, the second guy did exactly the same thing as the first guy did. He begged the guy he owed the money to for time to repay the debt. What did the first guy do? Well, he wasn't quite as gracious. He wouldn't budge. Unlike the gracious and generous king who had forgiven him, this first guy took legal action, had the guy thrown into prison until he could pay his debt. Not very nice, was he? Well, as often as we've heard this story and told this story, I, I, I love the irony that's in it. I mean, the first guy had an enormous debt forgiven him, but he wouldn't give an inch when just a little bit of money was owed him. And we would say, well, that's not fair. We're good at saying that, but it's true, right? It wasn't fair, of course. But here's the punchline. That's the whole point of the story. And that's why we focus on it on Reformation. That Jesus is making it crystal clear that you and I are like the first guy. We've received something from God for which we could never pay for, forgiveness of our sin. That's what Luther discovered in the Reformation time 500 years ago, that we received forgiveness. Why? Because of grace. Our sins, those things that separate our sinful selves from a holy God, have been forgiven by a loving and caring God. Not because of anything we could give God in exchange for that forgiveness. We can't pay for it in any way. But we still get it because God is good. God has absolutely no reason to treat us so, un so kindly and generously. But he did. And so we say thank you. Well, what do you think the question Jesus wants us to ask ourselves after this story is told and after we think about it? The question that Jesus wants us to consider is, am I really thankful for what I've received from him or am I simply playing a game with myself and God? We do that. A lot of folks come to church, sit, listen to the music, participate, go home, and leave it at that. Not really thinking and thanking for what they have received. Jesus wants us to continue thinking to ourselves, am I willing to forgive others who have hurt me or sinned against me? That's a hard one. I don't know, maybe it's not as hard for you, but that's hard. When someone's hurt me, I want to get even. Jesus is saying, are you willing to forgive as you have been forgiven? And then he says, am I willing to do for others what God has done for me? Be gracious and generous. Hmm. Great questions, right? 
perhaps some uncomfortable questions. Well, we know that on a cross 2,000 years ago in ancient Israel, an unselfish hero was brutally hung to die. His name, Jesus. Hebrews 7.27 says it this way. Jesus sacrificed for their sins once and for all when he sacrificed himself. He gave himself. He died so that we might live. Wow. How many times have we heard that here in this church? I hope thousands of times. And I hope we continue to do so. Because that becomes so significant in our day and age, as well as through all the ages. Because we have received a gift. And what a gift it is. Well... What do you think would be an appropriate response to such a gift? Seems actually pretty simple, doesn't it? Psalm 136 says it this way. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? He's good. Not me. He's good. Thank you, Lord. That's the starting point. You notice it says give thanks. It's not saying you have to do something spectacular like... like uh, helping someone from the food shelf, or rescuing somebody from the Mississippi River or Lake Minnetonka to save a victim of drowning, to be a hero for Christ and show your thanks. You don't have to give up your life. In fact, and here's the part that we want to take away with us today, everyday sacrifices matter. It's not the size of the sacrifice, it's the heart you put into it. I love that. It's not the size of the sacrifice, it's the heart you put into it. And Jesus identifies that. He says this, Even if you give a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. I shared at the beginning some of the things, the, the food shelf, I say food shelf, and Resource West, and do our community Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to be modified this year. But why are we doing that? That's that cup of cold water that Jesus is talking about. And he's talking about rewarded, rewarded. Was well, that why we're doing it? No, no, of course not. But everyday sacrifices matter. Thankful Christians do the sacrifices that nobody ever sees at home. Doesn't mean that they can't and don't, that's okay. But whether it's you at work or at school, in the neighborhood, giving that cup of cold water to somebody who's thirsty in some way. Christians that are thankful Think of others and how they might be helpful. And one of the beauties of gratitude is it blesses the one who thanks as well as the one who is being thanked. For just as those who ask shall receive, so those who say thank you shall receive all the more. Hmm. That's partly because Gratitude is its own reward, that's true. But it's also account of the fact that God enjoys giving to the grateful. I like that. He enjoys it. It's a smile on his face, kind of like you at Christmas time with kids. If you've got kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews, whatever you might have, when you give those Christmas presents or whatever birthday present, you look at their face, they open it up, and hopefully they're not crying and saying, that's not what I wanted, that's not the right color. Hopefully they don't do that. Hopefully they go, wow, this is exactly what I wanted. Well, that's how God is with us. He enjoys giving to the grateful. Well, not only does gratitude do such good, but it's also the reason behind much of the good that we do, isn't it? 
The reason for this is we love, why? Because God first loved us. Indeed, we love out of gratitude because we're grateful for love. At least I hope so. Now, this church, Zion Lutheran Church, was built over 100 years ago, 1915 to be exact, by folks with a grateful attitude. They loved the Lord. There weren't many of them, just a handful of them. They spoke German primarily, living here in the Hopkins area, when this is a separate community at that point, separated from the Twin Cities. But they got together, and because they loved the Lord Jesus Christ, and lovingly and sacrificially gave of themselves. This congregation that you and I are part of today didn't just happen back in 1915. It didn't just happen by accident. People gathered together. People gave their sweat and energy and money and time and effort because they believed faith in Jesus Christ is the most important thing in the world. As a result, they wanted to share that saving knowledge with other folks in, in the Hopkins area. They joined together, pooled the resources, formed this congregation to praise God and serve people. So I'm going to say on behalf of you and me and those of us currently carrying the torch, thank you folks. Thank you ancestors for doing what we needed and benefit from. And as I'm looking out here and for those of you folks at home or wherever you are in the country watching today, I want to thank you who make up this congregation and who participate and share because you are keeping the torch burning brightly in our generation, right now, in our generation. So thank you. That's a good thing. Giving thanks is a major hallmark of a grateful Christian. Well, that, of course, raises the question, how are you doing in the gratitude department? You know, I've noticed, I don't know if you have as well, but with this COVID-19 stuff going on around us, it seems like people are a bit more on edge in these recent months. It doesn't take much for someone to snap and say some not-so-nice things or do some not-nice things. I hope that's not the case, but it sure seems like it. I'm hoping that one of the things we can take away today is an appreciation for the things that we do have and look for opportunities to be thankful, to have perhaps that smile on the face, even if people can't see it behind your mask. Sometimes it's hard to be grateful when things aren't really going your way, isn't it? It's kind of like when those of you who have kids were little, when the kids were little, and they wanted to do something special for you, Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever it happens to be. They wanted to do something special for you. What did they do sometimes? I'm guessing, I'm thinking most of us have experienced this. I know I have. They did what? Make breakfast in bed, right? And it came in your tray and looked just like that, right? Neat and tidy, coffee cup or tea cup and milk and juice. Oh, it was wonderful. Those little guys brought it in. And as they brought it in, what happens? They got the Cheerio bowl overflowing with milk and the orange juice glass had tipped over, spilled all now over that soggy piece of black, crusty, burnt toast. Mm-mm-mm. But, how'd you feel? Well, two responses, I'm guessing. First, I'll bet you were groaning on the inside. Oh, no, what a mess. Now the sheets are a mess and on the blanket. Ah. Oh. But I hope you didn't say anything along those lines. What'd you do? You go, oh, honey, this is wonderful. Weren't you smiling and gushing? 
Weren't you grateful for what they had done for you? All that love represented by that burnt toast. Give thanks in all circumstances. That hopefully is the lesson. Even if you have to eat burnt toast for breakfast. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul told the Thessalonians. So we give thanks, as Paul said, because of gratitude. What keeps the Lord's name upon our lips and before our minds and within our hearts. On this Reformation weekend, we're focusing on that gratefulness that we've had and hopefully continue to for 500 years. And hopefully we can do more than merely talk. Be thankful. I want to finish up with a, with a little poem story. There's four verses. Today upon a bus, I saw a very beautiful woman and wished I were as beautiful. When suddenly she rose to leave, I saw her hobble down the aisle. She had one leg and used a crutch, but as she passed, she passed a smile. Oh God, forgive me when I whine. I have two legs. The world is mine. I stopped to buy some candy. The lad who sold it had such charm. I talked with him. He seemed so glad. If I were late, it'd do no harm. And as I left, he said to me, I thank you. You've been so kind. It's nice to talk with folks like you. You see, he said, I'm blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes. The world is mine. Later, while walking down the street, I saw a child that I knew. He stood and watched the others play, but he did not know what to do. I stopped a moment, and then I said, Why don't you join them, dear? He looked ahead without a word. I forgot. He couldn't hear. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears. The world is mine. With feet to take me where I'd go, with eyes to see the sunset's glow, with ears to hear what I should know, oh God, forgive me when I whine. I've been blessed indeed, the world is mine. Friends, we have so much to be thankful for, don't we? Let's give thanks to the Lord, since his love endures forever. But let's not just say thanks, let's live thankfully, because gratitude because gratitude is a gift from God. Gratitude is not what we say only, it's what we do and how we think. It's an attitude that we choose. So as we walk out the doors today, here's the challenge for you and me both. At the end of the day this week, just this week, you do it longer than that, but either physically write down in a journal or at least mentally each day, think of three things for which you're grateful. I hope you can do that. It sounds strange, but some people have trouble with that. But I hope you can. Three things. In times of difficulty or hardship, look at your list and be thankful for what God has given to us. I'd invite you to join me in this closing prayer as we wrap things up. So please pray with me. Lord, grant to me the grace of a long gratitude so that far from just saying thank you, I shall also live thankfully too. Amen.